0: Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.
1: Hello and welcome to another Art of the Pivot conversation. My name is Mark Jeffries and today we are joined by Bill Wagner, CEO of LogMeIn, one of the world's largest software as a service companies. You know, LogMeIn was a pioneer in the remote access to work movement with its portfolio of software and security products. Today, the company earns over a billion dollars in annual revenue and employs 4,000 people in 20 countries. Bill came to log me in in 2013 as the company's first COO and was elevated to the role of CEO just two years later. And prior to log me in, Bill was the COO at Vocus, the CMO at Fiberlink and a senior marketing leader at AT&T. Bill welcome, where do we find you today?
0: Mark, thank you for the welcome. I'm so glad to be with you. And I am in just outside of Boston, Massachusetts.
1: Me too. I'm around the corner. We could have literally shouted out of our windows, probably. So, Bill, for those uh, who don't know, tell us a bit more about LogMeIn and also your customers. And what, what's your big mission at the company?
0: Yeah, thank you, Mark. So Log Me in is, and you did a nice job of, of teeing us up. We really do three things. We help companies connect, secure, and support their employees and partners around the world. So uh, as you said, it began with remote access, but now it's remote support. It's online meetings. It's uh, online events. And really our purpose is to unlock the potential of the modern remote workforce. And of course, that is taking on a completely new meaning over the last year or so. And we've been quite busy evolving and ramping. And it's been a really exciting time for us as companies, not just ours, but all types of companies are really transitioning to to this next normal.
1: You know, that's the name of of our broadcast here, The Art of the Pivot. Everyone's had to pivot. We all were faced with this sudden new reality. You guys must have been sat there going, wait, this is what we're actually built for.
0: What was what was really interesting is, as a CEO, I got a really interesting perspective because of what LogMeIn does. So, not like most leaders around the world, we were dealing with business continuity issues last March. How do we adapt? How do we transition our workforce to remote? How do we make sure that they're safe? But I also, because of what we do, I had a front row seat to watch how other organizations were making that change. Organizations that did a really Seamless job transitioning to remote work, technology companies were probably the best example of that. But then we also had municipalities, healthcare providers that were really struggling with that transformation and that transition to remote work. So that was something we were, I, I got to see it from both sides, both as a practitioner, but, both, but also as a, as a partner to those companies. And obviously we were in a unique position to try to help them.
1: Well, of course you were, and I know you had a huge increase in usage overnight, something like 400%, but I'm interested to pick you up on something you just said. What What was the discernible difference between those who just got it right, the transformation, the instant transformation, and those who really struggled? Is it something we can always predict, or were you surprised?
0: Well, I think, it's of course, the rear view mirrors tells all, and it's, I think, obvious to <laughs> right. all of a certain industries lend themselves to remote work, for sure, and um, just as simple as companies that had already enabled their employees to have laptop computers versus state, local government, uh, municipalities that uh, did not and relied on people being in the office, desktop computers, and did not have any remote work policies already in place. That was probably the first demarcation point that I saw. I would say the second was uh, operationally, were they comfortable with, were they set up to have a secure, secure operations in a remote setting? So did they already have some of those technology solutions already in place? And then the third thing I would say was leadership and how ready, how, how, what was the mindset of leadership? Were they ready to trust their employees working remotely or was it a brand new thing that they had to, overcome some of, the, some of the myths that have existed around remote work for many years.
1: So true. And I have a funny feeling that some of them probably thought, well, I don't trust it yet. We'll wait a couple of months and we'll all get back in the office. And when it became clear that no one was going back, not for a long time, then really we had no choice but to trust. I'm guessing your own workforce went through this transformation really easily. I mean, you were, you were set, you were ready, right?
0: Yeah, well I would say that that's from a from a business continuity perspective and lots of lessons from business continuity I would say. We were we were ready and we made that we made that transition pretty seamlessly. I think what was a surprise and what was a lesson an opportunity for us to learn was really how much we had to invest in employee well-being during this time period. And I think we something that all leaders think about that there are people in their organization but it was it was something we really had to focus on over the last year, and I think we had to get better as a company because we were dealing with, you know, the stress of some employees dealing with health issues, mental health issues, um, everything from loneliness to um, uh, to to just lack of social interaction and and the added stress that right. the, the pandemic brought. So. You know, in some ways, for us especially, I would say that the work part of it was the easy part. Um, It was the social connection of the company where we really had to, to over index on.
1: It's true, isn't it? We, we all, I say we all, in many organizations who run large teams had to face up to this reality really quickly. When we're in person, it's so easy to go, hey, how's it going? How was your weekend? It just doesn't happen in the virtual world. Did you or the team come up with anything particularly cool over the year, something that you might think to yourself, you know, maybe we'll keep doing that?
0: We, we, we did quite a few things and, and I don't deserve any of the credit. My team did all the work. But one of the things that we, we did pretty early days, Mark, was we broke, we identified our our employees by personas. And this was really interesting. We didn't just paint our employees with one broad brush of saying everyone's in the same situation working from home. We actually came up with six personas and then developed huh. certain benefits around those personas. So for instance a new hire, someone working as a new hire, coming into the company for the first time, someone working remotely by themselves, someone working remotely, but with another adult, either a spouse or potentially a roommate, Uh, people working with young children, people working with uh, school age children. And then our sixth was uh, people who were uh, caregivers, people who were providing care to someone who was dealing with a health issue. And that really, Elevated our thinking and developing programs, support programs and benefits, literally changing our benefits programs to support each of those different personas. I think that was transformational in the way that we Mm. helped support our employees over the last 18 months. And it's something that will continue.
1: That is fascinating. I haven't heard it um, couched in such a way, thinking about your team as personas, but that's probably the most efficient way to handle it because people, we all fall into one category or another. Very smart approach indeed. Uh, And as we hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, come to the end of the pandemic, do you look at everything that's been learned over the last year and do you think to yourself, we can now cherry pick what really worked and keep it up? Or do you feel that we all just need to get back to the office and return to where we were?
0: no we we we've we've declared that we are moving to a remote centric environment and if i when we surveyed our customers over the course of the past year, a couple of things lessons learned one is you have to separate remote work from the pandemic often over the last yeah. year, leaders conflated those two things and when you and during the pandemic we were dealing with school closures and lack of of um, of daycare and other things that were really changing the way and impacting our daily lives. But when we separate that and we ask our employees, okay, in a normal, in a more normal situation where, where schools are in session, where you have health daycare, for instance, for young, young kids, um, do you feel comfortable working from home? What's your preference? Actually only 3% of our employees said that they wanted to be in the office full time. And wow. we just published a study with uh, Forrester Research, and it was it was really compelling. Um, like one data point was that 83% of those surveyed, this was hundreds of people surveyed, said that they would uh, certainly prefer to work for a company who provided remote working flexibility. And they're more likely to stay at that company if they provide that kind of flexibility. So. We, we, we took a lot of data sources, our own employees, what other companies were doing. Obviously, our technology enables it, Mark. So you would expect, I think, that we're on the maybe the front edge of this, this movement. And we've moved to a remote-centric environment, which is we will open our offices back up. Um, and we're hopefully looking to do that soon. But we expect most employees will be in the office one to two days a week. Not coming in the office five days a week, sitting at a desk to do work, and we think that give that hybrid approach gives us the best long term benefits.
1: And and you feel very strongly about this, don't you? Remote work is is more than just a virtual meeting and and getting in front of the camera and chatting for a while.
0: Uh, it, it, it is. I mean, we talked a little bit about about the policies of of what has to happen. Um, and, and how companies have to care for their employees, the technology is just one aspect. And again, the, that, same, that same research we did with Forrester said, you know, technology is the first of kind of four pillars that you have, to, you have to think about. Culture is a really important part. Not every company has the culture that supports remote work. And it's a culture that is, that is really based on um, trust and not control. That's really important shift for a lot of companies. And yeah. so that's a second element is, is making that shift culturally. And then then do you have the right structure, management structure? And then do you have the right policies? Those are the four things, technology, culture, um, structure and policies that I think it takes to be successful. Uh, and of course, we're going to learn, Mark. We're going to learn like everybody else. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to learn along the way.
1: And I think what's going to be fascinating is how much people choose to come into the office, because now it's a choice rather than basically mandatory. We're going to see patterns, you know, and you and I both live in the Boston area. You see Seaport they've built all those new office buildings. I worry about how many of them are just going to be empty. But there's a part of me that thinks that we're such social animals that we're going to want to have those opportunities to get together, to connect, to be face to face more often than we might imagine now
0: yeah somebody said to me during this, and this is this has lived with me. this is probably now almost eight months ago. I heard this phrase. somebody said, um, we, you know i'm I'm very comfortable being able to do my work. I miss the social aspects, and what it, what it clicked in my mind is that the office isn't necessarily where you'll go do go to get your work done. It's where you'll go to make those social connections you were just talking about. So I do think offices play an important role, I, and I don't think a fully remote, certainly for us, a fully remote, environment is not what we are what we're embar- what we're envisioning it's it is a hybrid approach but um, i mean the ben- and the benefits are just are also beyond i mean we focus mainly on productivity and employee well-being here today but keep in mind i think that there are uh, i think there a significant impact on sustainability i think there's a significant mm-hmm. impact on t- the ability to acquire talent so for us as a boston based company for instance Having a remote-centric environment allows us now to reach into talent pools that are not just located in the Boston area. And that opens up, you know, we can now go get the best talent as opposed to hiring the best talent in Boston. And that's really exciting for us.
1: It's bizarre, isn't it? This entire experience with all of the downsides, all of the negatives. There have been these incredibly um, liberating moments where people think, I can actually work from the Berkshires or the Bahamas. I could still do what I've always done, but in, in a place that makes me feel super happy and comfortable. Fascinating. Um, My goodness, if Steve Carell made The Office again, it'd be a very different TV show, I bet. Um, Let's talk (laughs) about innovation. (laughs) Innovation is something that drives organizations, especially um, software as a service organizations like yours. Did you see an uptick in productivity around innovation, around creativity? How easy was that to handle? A lot of people said the pandemic was the ultimate catalyst and and move things on quickly. Did you find that?
0: I think it was mixed, certainly at first. I mean, you had the whole people getting used to working remotely um, aspect of it. So the first couple of months, people were just making that adjustment. And, and um, I, you know, I think once we got past that, people understood how to work remotely. I do think we, at the end of the day, this is, a, this is a benefit towards innovation, certainly in our industry, because I mean, think about this, we have millions of people, tens of millions of people for the first time. Working remotely, so think about a company like Logbian, who really focuses on securing those environments and connect, helping people connect, um, and re- supporting those those employees. I mean, it's a it's talk about talk about user testing. I mean, we're getting more feedback, pressure testing what we know and how our technology works. And there's right. it's great to see employees using it for the first time because it just gives us a fresh perspective on well, maybe this is too hard to use, or wow, there's a different use case that we didn't think of before. So I do think it's putting a, it's upping the bar in terms of innovation. And I think in in terms of remote work, I think we're gonna see a sea change over the next several years.
1: Just listening to your last answer, I'm, I'm imagining that you are now the recipients of a tsunami of data, new data giving you new insight into how people behave and what they do, which is fascinating, especially around security. You mentioned security. I know that the LogMeIn promises is, is, quote, most reliable remote access. What does it take to live up to that kind of promise? Have you been able to keep it stable as people work away from uh, the office, or is it actually the reverse? And In fact, it's easier. Because people aren't bringing memory cards and sticks into, into the main office and plugging them in.
0: I, I, I don't think it's easier. I think the, the threat environment has actually been more dispersed. When, when people were working in the office, primarily in the office, and this is an old story, this has been changing over the years, but certainly acutely changed now, where now that your um, threat environment is people's homes and people's homes, home devices, personal devices, so it, it's actually more challenging, and of course, we've seen an increase in uh, bad actors and, and their activity over the over the last year. So I would say no, it's not the security environment has not gotten any better. I think for us, right. it is a never ending, never ending uh, battle and mission to make sure that we're secure all the way from how we develop our software to threat assessment to active uh, well, proactive. Uh, um, offensive security which is where we kind of attack ourselves and we do we do all those things I think most software companies do those those are mainly best practices but I meet with my security team frequently and um you know there you will never arrive when it comes to security mark I know you know that it's, no. it is a journey yeah. it is a journey that's never <laughs> ended.
1: are we there yet doesn't apply Uh, But it is, it's like, and I guess that's the discipline, isn't it? It's knowing that this journey never ends and how do we keep up to speed? Because it seems to be a race. It's hard, but you guys do incredibly well. And also on top of everything else, if my information is right, you did a major migration, a system migration from Oracle to AWS. It worked. A lot of businesses are facing decisions like that one way or the other in reverse. What did you learn from the experience? Anything you could share?
0: Yeah. So, as so if we didn't have enough going on last year, uh, we. Uh, and by the way, we also transitioned from a publicly traded company to a privately owned company. So that was a that was also another transition on top of all these things we're talking about. And in particular, we we didn't just choose any database. We probably chose our highest throughput database in our in our entire business. And we have. Close to 30 million users worldwide, about two million paying customers, and the volume of transactions that goes through our our systems are is is pretty incredible. So, um, and we were really looking for I think what a lot of leaders are looking for today, Mark, is greater flexibility, greater scalability, and um, geodiversity, which has become increasingly important. So, being able to have your data in geo-separate your data, geo-separate your compute. Yeah. Um, that was really important for us. To, and the only way we could do that was to move to the cloud. And and yeah, it was not for the faint of heart. Our, our team did an amazing job. It comes down to, frankly, change management best practices. And I've learned that the hard way over the years. I, I know that I've made mistakes <laughs> and think change management, change management. Well, let's just go ahead and get it done. And come on, let's, you know, let's just drive and power. But it's all about the planning. It's all about the upfront effort that you put into it. And um, I mean, we're really pleased with the outcome. But, um, you know, again, I think we've made mistakes. I know I've made mistakes in the past that that helped make this a little bit smoother. and, And we had a great, great experience.
1: That is great to know. And it's you're right. It's just having the strategy, having the plan in place before you pull the lever. Um, our time is almost up. I can't believe how quickly we can get through 20 minutes. So I want to end really with, with the sort of trends, the relevant trends that you're seeing. You, you sit atop all of this data. You sit atop all of these different organizations who are working now remotely. And this software as a service is just the power behind the cloud and vice versa. What are the relevant trends that you see that you'd like to share with our audience?
0: Well, I think, we've, I think what we've experienced over the last year is really an acceleration mark of things that were already occurring. So movement to the cloud, cloud adoption was already increasing at a, at a pretty market rate. I think you will also see the um, increase in, in artificial intelligence, frankly, used in communications. I think that's something that, that is a next wave that we will see over the next two to three years. You've, you're already seeing it in the call center space. But I think you'll see it more and more in meetings and in online events and in education where artificial intelligence is being used to translate the content, to prevent, to present additional content, to make the conversation richer. I think that's something we will definitely see. And then lastly, I, we're going to learn a lot from this next 12 months as people go back to the office and or don't go back to the office and how nice. people use technology. So... I think those are the things that are going to occupy my, my time over the next couple of years.
1: Bill Wagner, fascinating insight from the world of Log Me In and from your incredible experience. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your stories. We appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much, Mark. The Art of the Pivot is brought to you by Signavio.